What could you see? Where were you aiming? You're taught to aim for center mass. Uh, the subject was sideways, and I could not see her full motion of her hands or anything. Um, so I guess her movement, you know, caused the uh, discharge to to fall where it did. Welcome back to the second hour of the Tobler Show here on News Talk STL. There is more going on in the world than Afghanistan and the unbelievably incompetence on display through the Biden administration. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin ordering a drone strike to take out a planner in response to the bombing Thursday that killed 13 service members. We'll be talking with a service member after the upcoming break who was deployed in Afghanistan. Get his feelings. If you have any feelings, I, of course, want to know about those. And we'll be following what's going on uh, in Afghanistan and other parts of the world all the time, every day uh, here on the station, whether it's on this program, uh, Monday through Friday shows all through the weekend. If something breaks, we will, of course, cover it. And uh, you can always keep it here. And if you can't get the terrestrial signal on 1019 or 941, you can get it on the News Talk STL app, which you can obtain through the regular app sources on your uh, Google or on your, well, that's the Android or the, uh, or the iOS platform. We do have callers. Or your Alexa. We do have caller Scott, if you would like to talk to Scott. Let's do that. Let's talk to Scott now. And then I want to talk, uh, you heard a little bit about, uh, we, we do want to talk about William Byrd mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, the police officer who uh, took out Ashley Babbitt uh, when she was knocking at the door there to the, I guess, to the back halls of the, of the house chamber. I have some thoughts about that. I want to know yours. But Scott, what's on your mind? Welcome to the program. Hey, Dr. Tober. It's great to uh, talk to you. I'm uh, calling from the great free country of Wapapella. Ah, okay. <laughs> and, uh, Hill. and uh no, I just wanna one, uh thoughts and prayers back to my brothers and sisters that uh, we lost. I am a twenty two year uh retired Navy chief and I just wanna touch on the uh vetting process of the uh refugees. My primary job in Afghanistan in twenty ten was using the Sikh system to verify okay. it um good guys versus bad guys. Well, it looks like we've got a, it sounds like we're getting a bad signal there. Go repeat what you just said. Oh, um, well, Scott, it looks like it's breaking up. Maybe you can find a, a stable cell and call us back. Cause I do want to hear your story. I, I'm genuinely interested, but it's just, we're not, we're not catching it. So, uh, maybe find a, a stable cell and then we'll, uh, We'll uh, try again. Uh, we will uh, We will be talking to uh, another service member who served in Afghanistan uh, shortly. We'll be talking with Patrice Leon Wuka about the budget reconciliation plan, which has um, snuck through uh, in a House vote uh, confirming the Senate plan. And uh, that sets up a vote later on and a deadline. So uh, I don't know. We're going to see one of these bills that no one reads what they are. You're going to have to. It'll be another Pelosi. How What version? How many point zero now of you have to pass the bill to see what's in it kind of a deal because they're going to be a rush to put this through the committees working together, Senate and House. And it's just a disaster. Max, play that. Uh, play that uh, Capitol Police William Byrd clip. Well, yeah, I just want folks to listen to this and and then and, and get some feedback on it. Take a, this is uh, Capitol Police William Byrd, the guy who shot Ashley Babbitt on January 6th. Where were you aiming? 
you're taught to aim for center mass. Uh, the subject was sideways, and I could not see her full motion of her hands or anything. Um, so I guess her movement, you know, caused the uh, discharge to, to fall where it did. And in, in other parts of the interview, he said that he felt that he was courageous and that he was, you know, when he was asked... Um, by uh, the anchor there for NBC, uh, he, he was asked, well, you know, she was unarmed and, you know, do you feel like it was the right? Well, I was defending the House of Representatives. Now, I want to be careful about this discussion. And Max, Max is um, Max is my my conscience in the room often because Max will Max will tell me if I'm getting way off base here. And I'm serious. Okay. I sometimes you need to be checked. And I mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, check me. But I'll, I'll try to do some internal checking, too. I think the genius of the American experiment is to recognize leadership for the difficult job it can be, but that the American experiment was always defined by statesmen and women. Well, now it would be women. In that culture, it was not women. That was the culture of the time. But now statesmen and women who were agrarians, they were shopkeepers, they were business people, They served and they served in positions of honor. And then they returned to be agricultural experts, farmers, teachers, whatever. We have come to a point where our, the elitariat, (laughs) that's a new word. Let's, let's coin that. The elitariat um, have been risen to such a point that somehow the rules surrounding them in many venues are different than the rules for most of us. Now, we've seen Gavin Newsom eating at the French Laundry. We've seen uh, uh, Chris Cuomo, a uh, media elitariat, when he's got COVID going out and everyone else would have been probably jailed or what, at least, you know, sanctioned. Okay. In this case, it, okay, if, if this would have been a street event in, uh, in Baden or in South City or in Hazelwood, Never mind if the cop was black and the perp was white or the cop was white and the perp was black. That's another discussion we can have. I don't think that this would have happened. This would not have been okay for a police officer until they knew their personal in, their personal uh, being was threatened that they could shoot with deadly force. He just he said we're taught to shoot for center mass. He admitted she didn't have, he couldn't document a weapon. But the standard for deadly force is different when the elitariat is threatened. I'm just wondering. I don't know. I haven't heard the question been asked. But it just seems as though these people have a lower standard for what we need to do to protect them than you and me and Max and my wife and my dog and everyone else in the room. It's going to you know? be interesting to see what happens after uh, this gentleman basically admitted what he did uh, in this interview. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the most shocking thing to me is he's very clear about it. Yes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> as, as far as the uh, elitariat, which is wonderful coinage, by the way, <laughs> I, I, I think that people forget that the government is supposed to be of the people. And that means regular people, not just somebody who says, OK, I have a life in, in politics now. It's supposed to be of the people. 
Again, yes, meaning sir. you and me and your wife and yes. and it, maybe even your dog, Randy. Maybe. Well, my dog is a he's almost human. He's almost human. Sure. I got to tell you, I've Simba, seen him in the uh, Simba the, the Wonder zoo. Dog is almost human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, what I and again, I'm joking about the dog. But but my, I just we have to be so careful in this country of look. We are on the edge of tyranny. Tyranny is not when the people want to be heard and they overstep as they did. And should they have been prosecuted vigorously? Those who breached the Capitol on January 6th, absolutely. But but I just, if this would have happened, and especially if this would have been a white cop shooting an unarmed black person or brown person or purple person, there would have been, I mean, this would have been <coughs> outrageous. And, and I just, I, I, not that the House, that people, sh- look, if I think the House members were truly frightened. And I could understand if I was in those back chambers in my office and huddled in a corner not knowing what the heck's going on out there. I get it. I totally get it. Now, AOC, on the other hand, being in an office building down the street, hello, she was so frightened. She was so PTSD'd. I'm sorry. Go make me some coffee, AOC. Go back. Go back. Be a barista. I'm sorry. That's where she belongs. She doesn't belong in the in the in the seat of government. She's an embarrassment. So is Cory Bush. Cory Bush, you talk about elitarian. Cory Bush says that it's okay for her to spend two hundred thousand dollars on a security detail. But she's part of the caucus that would love to take your ammo or your guns or more away, right? I mean, that's part of her platform. And, uh, it, you know, it, it, it's just amazing how it's okay for thee, but not for me. The standard difference. If I'm a House of Representative and you're defending me, even though you can't identify a gun in the hand of the person knocking at the door, you can go ahead and shoot them. That's okay, because you're courageous. Now, apparently... Police officer Bird and and I honor the Capitol Police every time we've been up to D.C. I've been up there a few times on trips to to advocate for rural health care and I visited Sen- uh, Senator Blunt and Senator Hawley's people and and Senator Hawley and and, and Sam Graves and and uh, Blaine Lutkemeyer and others great great people it's great to spend time with them and their staff and have them understand our position and and I always when you're screening for the Capitol Police like I do for all police officers I thank them from the bottom of my heart for the um, unheralded service that they give but it's been reported that this guy is not going to be prosecuted so he felt like he needed to out himself i don't get it i don't understand it but that's okay i mean good for him but i wouldn't call it courageous to shoot an unarmed woman i just i don't know i'm struggling with how that's courage but if anyone wants to defend that maybe there's a police officer there that knows the rules of the capitol police are the rules different Maybe the rules are different. I mean, any physical threat that that you don't have to, to they don't have to be to, to have a deadly weapon. They don't have to be threatening deadly force. They just have to be. I mean, but I don't know why weren't other people shot that were there at the door. I don't understand. It just troubles me. And was Ashley Babbitt wrong? Yes, she was wrong, period. Was everyone else wrong that took the podium and took got into Pelosi's off. That's wrong. Although it was pretty funny with, you know, the guy that looked like John the Baptist with a Viking helmet on. I got to say, I mean, that <laughs> there, there was something pretty comical. 
<laughs> about that. It was just hard to take him very seriously, you know. And the way they're vigorously prosecuting these people, I'd be fine if in the summer of 2020, just last year, if if they would have as vigorously prosecuted people that were breaking plate glass windows on Chicago's magnificent mile and Milwaukee and Portland and other places. I mean, when they breach a federal building of, of court, I think a court building, wasn't it in Portland? And police precincts that were abandoned in other places, aren't those governmental facilities? And why weren't those defended as vigorously? Why weren't those people prosecuted as vigorously? There's one thing that the human soul, I, I think the human brain, and maybe our soul, maybe the divine put this into our souls. There's this basic element of fairness. I think we all have that. That's an inborn given, right? And double standards, hypocrisy, good for thee, not for me, does not smell right. We just, it doesn't smell right. It hits us to our core and we, we don't tolerate it. And we don't like it when we're told to tol- tolerate it by, I'm going to use this, I'm going to overuse this and then wish I hadn't, told by the elitariat. Do what I say, not what I do. Ugh. At a minimum, they should say, look, okay, I was wrong. I took my mask off and I ate at the, at the French Laundry. I am sorry, I won't do that. That's another thing that seems to resonate with the human the human being, which is humility, which I think we're gracious by nature. We want to forgive because we're flawed beings ourselves. But this hubris with Cori Bush saying, I should be able to spend whatever I want because I'm special. No, you're not. Your armpits stink like mine. Your feet after a long day stink like mine. You're not special. Get over yourself. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk with James, who served in Afghanistan. We're going to get his feelings on the whole matter. And I'd like to get into his head a little bit about whether or not we can trust these refugees as they come over. Not very well vetted now, but people who did help us over there, whether he had any friends and whether he has stayed in contact and been able to contact anyone who may be still over there. That was a, someone that got him out of trouble or his platoon or his buddies out of trouble. We hear stories like that. We'll talk to James when we come back on the Randy Tobler show, uh, along with Max Foise, one of my favorite people in the whole world. And I want to talk to him about this movie that I saw, this movie called Seconds, if we have time later today, because it was an interesting black and white movie. I hadn't watched a black and white movie forever, but there was something about the photography, the cinematography was wonderful. But Max is an excellent, uh, obviously an expert on movies, so we'll talk with him. He's trying to educate the old boy here on movies (laughs) and getting educated. More coming up on The Tobler Show right after this. (laughs) I got the number. We're just talking off air because we're trying to. Max and I, uh, you know, unlike you Joe Biden, unlike Joe Biden, Lloyd Austin, thoroughly modern General Milley, <laughs> a Julie Andrews reference. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
you know, we have to we have to run on the fly here. And so uh, anyway, we're going to see if we can get a hold of James. Uh, but uh, we're having a difficult time getting a hold of one of the uh, soldiers that we wanted to talk with. We if do, you have we, a connection. We do understand that it's a it's yes. a dicey topic and it yes. can feel a little uh, intimidating to go on the air. But. Just right. so you know, uh, we would be we would be kind. It's not a gotcha interview. So, James, no. if you change your mind, you have our number. I think it's fair to say that we on this program we do not do gotchas. I don't do that, and so I would fail as an investigative journalist. I just wouldn't be good at that because I, I you know, it's like we talked with Tom Spore last hour. You know, I I think it's true that if you're warned that the hurricane is coming, evacuate. Well, first you'd evacuate, if you know what I mean. And then, <laughs> I think I would. Uh, I mean, if I was, you know, when we were in Destin, Hurricane, not Hurricane, but Tropical Storm Fred uh, was like on a bead to hit the condo we had rented. It's right there. And I, we were braced. I mean, we had candles, we had batteries, we were ready to go because they didn't say you needed to evacuate, but we were watching. There's a watch, then there's a warning, and then, you know, and so there's a frequency, a radio station or whatever, Facebook, and, you know, there's a, there's a communication platform there. And if they would have said, get in your car and go north, young man, or west or east, I would have done it. Because I'm, okay, so I got, you know, soft bones, you know, I don't, I just didn't want to get hurt. So you could, I, you know, but but we call balls and strikes. That's what we do. And Tom Spore, to his credit, said, you know, there is some culpability. If if they were being warned, even though because of the Biden's incompetence announcing when they were going to withdraw and announce and everyone on the ground there in Afghanistan, including the Taliban, knew that it was going to be a total pullout and there was a vacuum to fill. And they started filling it the minute it was announced back in as soon as as soon as Biden announced it, shortly after he was inaugurated. Well, if you're being warned by the State Department and by the military and by the intelligence people, hey, get the heck out of there because things are deteriorating, and you choose not to, I I don't know. I, I, I At some point, I'm saying, well, I guess let the dice fall where they will. And, and if you roll snake eyes, you roll snake eyes. Sorry. And is it the United States and the military and its brave service members' responsibility to come to bail you out because of your decisions? Well, I'm going to get myself in trouble here, Max, because here goes. I sort of feel that way about people who choose not to get vaccinated. And I'm not being pejorative here, but even though the vaccines are not as effective as they were with the original strain against which they were targeted, you still have a 75, 80%, maybe a little north of that chance with the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccine of not getting sick at all. And if you do get sick, you have a 93 to 95% chance of not landing in the hospital and dying. But doctor, what about the horse dewormer? The what? The horse dewormer that people oh, are taking. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And I mean, there you go. If old Randy would just <laughs> be put hot stock tip, ladies and gentlemen, Eric Robert, would he's rolling over in his yes. bed, not yes, his grave, of course. He's rolling over now going, Randy, oh my God. <laughs> uh, my good friend who works at Stiefel. Hot stock tip. I'm just kidding here, of course. Buy horse parasite wormer paste. It's called ivermectin. Take a big swig of that and you're covered. No My problem. Lord. My God. I just I can't cannot believe, believe it. that people would rather try that than 
an FDA approved vaccine. It makes no sense to me. <laughs> now, look, there we should discuss the horse paste <laughs> and its main component. Now, look, I am not advocating ivermectin. OK, let's make that perfectly clear. Again, repeat newsflash. Dr. Tober is not advocating ivermectin like a lot of things. If you take a given ingredient, if you take enough sugar and put it in a test tube against a bacteria, well, they used to put honey in the wounds, open wounds, because that draws the the high concentration of soluble particles in the concentrated honey will suck the water out of bacteria. That's why honey can actually be a little bit of a help in avoiding infection in wounds, believe it or not. How crazy is that? Now, would I advocate that if you have an open wound that you put honey in it? No, put it on your bread, not your wound. (laughs) But what I'm saying is, if you, in a test tube against a, a, a pathogen, if you put a high enough concentration of almost anything, you're going to kill it. How does that translate to using it at the same level in the human body? You're going to kill the human body or the kidney or the liver before you kill the germ. So in vitro test tube application of a proposed drug, and, and you'll hear this on the ivermectin on hydroxychloroquine. Oh, wow, look at this, what it does to the virus in tissue culture. Oh, Well, if you read into the studies... Typically, it's 500 times the dose that's therapeutic for worms. Does ivermectin help if you if you happen to get worms? And wor- you do get you can get worms if you eat you know if you eat the wrong thing or if you touch something and you don't wash your hands or if you swim in the lake and you get a worm and you, it can happen. Ugh, God, I hope no one's eating breakfast now. <laughs> Enjoy your worms, especially if it's last night's spaghetti. Ugh. But. Uh, <laughs> Um, But that doesn't mean that you should be taking it and thinking that that is a viable substitute for, uh, you know, the the proper (laughs) avoidance treatment, which is a vaccine or early treatment with monoclonal antibodies, Regeneron or the other one that's out there. Now we're giving four infusions a day. Uh, Governor DeSantis in Florida has opened up, I heard 17, and I think he's planning on 21 infusion centers where they're giving between three and 300, 350 infusions a day of antibodies against the virus to give yourself a jump start while your body catches up with the virus. It's, it's remarkable. It's great. And so, uh, you know, I think it's wonderful. Now, you know, some people will say, I'd rather take my chances and get natural immunity. And I'm an advocate. If you happen to get natural immunity, I think it's strong. I think it's powerful. Is it going to be as long lasting against every variant coming down the road as immunity against the, 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 the spike protein based vaccines? We don't know. There's there's some theoretical reason to think it may have longer lasting protection for the reason that the immunity you get when you're infected, you develop antibodies and you develop a memory in the antibody producing cells and the helper cells that help the antibody producing cells. Are you following me, Max? I hope. I am. Um, Anyway, the memory of your immune system is targeted against not just the spike slash attachment protein, but against other components of the virus, the capsule proteins and so forth. So there's, you know, there's some theoretical argument that natural immunity is strong. However, ladies and gentlemen, I know I can count. I would have to take off both socks. That would mean more than 20 people I know, because I can only count. I don't know how to use a calculator. Sure. One, two, three, four. Um, 
at least a couple dozen people I know are struggling with the ramifications of natural of infection. They didn't die. They didn't get hospitalized. They they tolerated it. They got through it. It lasted a couple of weeks. They've either got lingering aversion uh, in terms of a dysfunctional taste and smell. They've lost their taste and smell. It's slowly coming back. Some are struggling. I have a person who is a very active farmer farmer's wife who is still struggling with brain fog who got infection. I have other friends, I have doctor friends who are struggling with respiratory symptoms afterwards. This is not influenza where you struggle, you shiver, you wear five, you put on five blankets and you, you, you know, three, four days of misery and then you're over it. This is not influenza. And do you know people who've gotten vaccinated and then have had lingering long-term side effects from just the vaccination? I've known none. I've had some folks that tell me they've had headaches for a mm-hmm. couple of weeks, but I've seen no long-term effects. I have seen no severe um, acute effects. I mean, mm-hmm. we had a patient who got the jab and then they passed out. Well, I I have patients that pass out every time they get blood drawn. And it's I will a real say, conundrum. after yeah. I got the second shot, I had really bad chills. It lasted about a night. Yeah. But that's a, yeah. that that's it. I, I I've heard about so many long term lingering effects from having right. COVID, but not from getting the vaccine. Right. And interestingly, and of course this is anecdotal. I think the studies will come out. But we're seeing a number of breakthrough, <coughs> excuse me, infections on people from people that have had vaccinations. I've not heard that those infections are bad. They don't. Those episodes are not anything like the magnitude or the number of severe knock down, drag out, you know, two week long problems with, you know, the first unvaccinated infection. So the vaccinated people that get a breakthrough infection, it just doesn't seem to be that evil. So again, I, if, if you choose to get natural immunity, okay, but I think you're rolling the dice a little bit. I think it's not a matter of if, but it's when we're all going to get immunity one way or another. I frankly would rather get a breakthrough infection on top of an in, of a of a vaccine as my booster, <laughs> believe it or not, than I would uh, a first unvaccinated raw infection. I just I don't want to take my chances. There's too many healthy. I I was talking to a a, a nurse the other day, who uh, I'm sorry, respiratory therapist <clears throat> takes care of people in Columbia, Missouri. I won't say which hospital. She said she took care of a strapping six foot five. I mean, you know, rough and tumble, healthy guy, no other health conditions, no obesity, no hypertension, no diabetes, no respiratory problems, who was on a ventilator for two weeks with COVID. And I can tell you, if you're on a ventilator for two weeks, COVID or not, you're going to have residual lung issues just because of what ventilators do, despite trying to humidify the air and modify, just being exposed to high concentration of oxygen can actually ironically be damaging to your lungs and so it takes a while to come back from that this stuff can be wicked it can be wicked i mean think of you it's almost like the soldiers out there outside of kabul airport right where yeah what we have five thousand troops on the ground 13 died four thousand nine hundred and eighty three didn't are those three laying down their arms don't think so just because they weren't attacked, they could be, and so could you. So, um, can I? Is it okay to give a, a a compliment to my friend Chris Arps? 
Absolutely. He got vaccinated and we talked about it on the program. When was it? Uh, Wednesday evening, I guess. And, um, you know, I know Chris carefully thought about it. I hope that I've respectfully urged you to consider vaccination and being aware that there may be some unquantified risk, but we just have no evidence of that after millions and hundreds of millions of doses given. The risks far, far are outweighed by the benefits. Uh, even if there are some small risks. So anyway, with that said, I can't wait to talk to my good friend Patrice Lee Anwuka about uh, this um, underreported uh, passage of the budget resolution in the House. Boy, strong arm Pelosi. I'm glad I don't have to deal with that woman on a professional basis or anything. I don't think I do very well because she's just mean and she's powerful and she'll throw centrist Democrats under the bus. She's done this over and over again. She gets them elected and then she strong or just to get back in power, then she strong arms them to press the progressive agenda and they lose in their districts because their districts are sort of purplish, you know, sometimes red. And she doesn't care. She doesn't care about people, but I care about you and I'm glad you're here because I really do want to uh, uh, engage you in great conversation every morning from six to nine and invite your phone calls. We'll do some phone calls a little later next hour. Um, again, it's Randy Tobler, News Talk STL, along with Max Foise, Patrice Leon Wuka talking budget reconciliation, eviction moratorium and more when we come back. As I mentioned earlier, there there is more going on in the world than Afghanistan, although it certainly has us hyper-focused, and we continue to mourn the death of 13 brave service members, and we pray that there won't be more. Uh, Joe Biden and uh, his defense secretary are ordering a drone strike to take out a planner overnight. If anything breaks while we're on the air this morning and throughout the day and throughout the coming week, we will uh, certainly bring that to you, whoever's on the air here on News Talk STL. Well, one of my favorite times of the week when I'm so lucky to get her to spend a few minutes with me is spending some time with Patrice Lee Anwuka, who I follow um, at Patrice Pinkfile on Twitter and on Independent Women's Forum. Because Patrice is um, just such a fabulous analyst of things going on. She's the director of the Center for Economic Opportunity at the Independent Women's Forum. How are you doing, Patrice? Welcome to the program. Uh, good morning. I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm doing well. And I, uh, I'm so angry that Nancy Pelosi's maneuvering, mm-hmm. boy, she's, she's just wickedly effective. And I mean that, I mean that verbatim she's wickedly effective in getting her way and i'm afraid her way when it comes to this budget resolution connected at the hip to the infrastructure bill may come to fruition in one way or another and turn this country so far to the left that we're all going to get whiplash and you've been writing about it in iwf uh tax hikes uh welfare expansion like we've never seen how what's your reaction to this to this maneuvering that she's doing Well, she is skillful, and I absolutely give her credit for that. Uh, She's skillful in kind of pulling one over on, frankly, on Republicans, uh, and very skillful at keeping her kittens in line in the Democratic side. She's got the far-left progressives who don't think $5 trillion is enough. And then she's got moderate Democrats who say, who are saying, whoa, this is way too much. I'm going to lose my seat next year. So she's managed to, uh, to, to play all of the sides of the field to try to push forward this Bernie Biden agenda, frankly, um, which, you know, really will usher in a new era of socialism, increased 
um, entitlement programs, everything from pre universal pre-K to, um, you know, family paid in leave. Um, you've got Medicare expansion in there those extreme climate change plans that are going to drive up energy costs even more. Uh, And I I just think we're going to see the American family is going to be hit with probably increased inflation. So you're getting less for your money when you go shopping and your paycheck won't go as far. And I think we're also going to see, you know, some other rollbacks and and, and, and worker rights and freedoms and increased taxes and increased debt burdens for our grandchildren. Right. And we've talked about this before. And, and I don't know if your ears were burning earlier, but I was talking about how I, I, I got this appeal from the Independent Women's Forum about being a charter member and joining other women in the country. And but it was sort of oh, yeah. an appeal to women. And I didn't know whether I as a guy could join it because I felt a little you know weird. But I I love you guys, you know, and I love all you do. Um, and would I be allowed to enjoy to join that group that, you know, that sort of exclusive club if I wanted to or not? Well, I mean, we, we, we don't discriminate, uh, but it's definitely intended for the, the women in your life. Although I think oh. we would we would absolutely welcome you in, sir, because, I mean, you're, you're part of our family already. Well, I am. But, but and, and the reason I mention that is because th- you are a, a scholar, an analyst, a thinker, a communicator. Oh, by the way, a mom. And why <laughs> is it that why is it that you and the women of IWF? get it when it comes to the fact that while the little the hand me outs sound good with extended child care credit or if you're on the senior end of the spectrum expanded medicare and if you're a college bound student or the parent that doesn't have to pay for two years of free community college why is it that you are able to understand i know why i that's a rhetorical question but it, it seems <laughs> weird to me that the the, the hand me outs the gimmies what i call the social hammock no longer a social uh, welfare net uh, a safety net people can't see beyond that and understand that with those gimmies come a lot of consequences down the road and one of them being i'm thinking 12 weeks of paid family leave okay i as an employer at the hospital I can't tell you what damage that does to an already stretched healthcare workforce that we can't find enough. We can't get nurses to, to, to run all the ventilators and take care of the patients. Well, my gosh, you take someone out and when you don't have a bench for 12 weeks, we can't take care of patients. It demoralizes the other workers, most of whom are women in my industry. Why is it that some people can't see the consequential aspects of that and say, no, Nancy, no. Help me understand that. Well, you know, that's why we are here to to help connect the dots, because I think some people, you know, they they hear, oh, free 12 weeks of, of paid leave. That sounds great if I don't have any at all or if I only have three weeks. But there is going to be a cost. And, and very often, a lot of these costs don't come immediately, but they come through other ways. So maybe your employer, uh, maybe you had more than 12 weeks of paid leave, but your employer says, well, you know, why don't we just follow the federal mandate and, and the government is paying for it. So we're, so you're going to lose your more generous benefit. Um, for other workers who don't want all that paid leave, maybe they can't have, maybe for the women who can't or won't have kids, you know, they're saying, well, wait a minute, I, I, that's not what I want. I would rather negotiate more vacation time or other time off or maybe a right. few thousand dollars more in pay. They lose yeah. that right. So trying to connect the dots um, and we're going to be you're going to be seeing a lot more from us about this, explaining why these freebies 
sound great, but are going to backfire, whether that's backfiring on your paycheck, backfiring on your career opportunities, backfiring on your budget, or backfiring on the future generation. I mean, universal pre-K, for example, what are we going to put our three and four-year-olds now in government controlled schools where they're going to learn about critical race theory? I mean, that, that's 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 kind of the way the line of thinking we're saying, because you've you yeah. got to think this is holistic. And then the, and the, the far left, it's not just about this hand me out. This, this is a little carrot. But attached to that carrot is a whole other world of progressive indoctrination. And that's what we need to fight. That's what we need to fight against and really open everyone's eyes to. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think, you know, when we pivot to you know how all of these big airfinger quotes freebies have these downstream consequences well that means someone has to pay for them either you print more money oh, yeah. and when there's more money look at where we're seeing now when you when you rain money on the population inflation goes crazy and so whatever wage increase you may get uh you know is eaten up with inflation but the taxes not only for this generation but our children and their children and the, their their children it's just it's astounding to try to imagine that and and the immediate effect of taxation uh, when when businessman or woman a wants to start a, another dry cleaner in in a neighboring uh, uh, borough or open another manufacturing facility uh, down the street or expand they're mm-hmm. not going to have the capital with this corporate uh, tax rate increase in the capital gains tax it's just where will the jobs be Patrice, I don't know where they think they're going to get these jobs from. Well, they're going to be eliminated here, and many will be shipped overseas. Let's let's be honest about it. I mean, raising the corporate tax rate uh, makes us less competitive. We are now very competitive, having lowered our tax rates uh, to what about, uh, I think it's 21% at this point. Um, mm-hmm. So we're hearing 28%. The Democrats want to move it back up. Um, and then President Biden wants to lock in every other country in the world at the same tax rate because he knows that, but that if, if Americans corporations pay more then you know that makes us less competitive on the world stage so you got to force everybody else to be at the same level so that we don't lose our competitive advantage i mean it's it's backwards thinking when you think about it and that you said downstream impacts you are absolutely right it's it makes it difficult for corporations to reward their workers it makes it difficult for new jobs to be created um and then we're going to see households start to pay more in fees and start to pay more in taxes. You know, the, the Biden um, plan says, oh, no one under $400,000 will be see uh, tax increases. I, I don't think that's going to, the math doesn't work out for the amount of spending that needs to, to, to happen. So we're going to see obviously more inflation. We're going to see, as I said, again, your dollar will not go as far at the grocery store. Um, your paycheck will not cover as much as your budget as, as in the past. And printing money is, it's like thinking you can grow money on trees. That's not how the world works. And I think people are starting to, to, to realize that. And, and the biggest example was with the unemployment benefits that thankfully are, uh, that federal bonus that's going to expire in, in, I think, next week or the week after. That had a great impact on small businesses because they couldn't find workers. That is economics 101. And that's what happens when too much federal spending meant to lure Americans onto the, the, the government dole has a negative impact 
backlash has a backlash on the workforce, on the labor force, and on the American economy. You're so right. We're talking with Patrice Leon Wuka, uh, director of the Center for Economic Opportunity and Independent Women's Forum. You can stay in touch with her, of course, at IWF.org or on her Twitter, which is uh, at uh, Patrice Pinkfile. Um, what, tell me about the tea leaves. We know that the Senate committee now is going to be in a, the Senate and House uh, confluent mm-hmm. com, or concurrent committees are going to be um, having to come up with something by September 15th. This is going to be another one of Pelosi's. You have to pass it to see once in the bill rush jobs. <laughs> Yeah. Um, do you think there's is there any potential for watering down of this, you know, money palooza bill that uh, the AOC and, and the, the squad and their friends are, are pushing or or is this going to be pretty pretty much be rammed through as passed? Well, so um, so the House and the Senate, as you said, their committees are going to put, put together what will eventually be packaged up as one big whopper bill. Um, and then it would have to pass both the House and the Senate. Um, there are moderate Democrats in the House who it's going to be hard for them to get on board with all of that spending, especially because Nancy Pelosi is holding hostage. That's I mean, I'm putting it in air quotes, smaller one trillion dollar infrastructure package. You know, the stuff <laughs> for roads and bridges that Americans obviously want. That sure. bill is being held up so that um, this bigger three and a half trillion whopper bill is passed. Now, on the Senate side, though, Joe Manchin. A senator from West Virginia and Kirsten Cinema, senator from Arizona, they are saying no way, Jose, on three and a half trillion dollars spend Palooza. The question is whether three trillion dollars is going to be fine by them. So there's a lot of horse trading that's going to happen. I think we don't know exactly what the, the final number will be. What's going to appease the Democrats in the in the Senate? Um, and most likely they'll pass the House, but in the Senate, what's going to appease those moderate Democrats who, who are already saying no to three and a half trillion? But you know what, Randy? It may be three trillion. Even if it's three trillion and then one trillion, it, that's four trillion dollars. We are talking about the size of, of countries around the world. That's that kind of spending is what we're talking about in Washington. And it's unfortunate, but there's still time to reach out to uh, to those senators, if you're living in their states, uh, to, you know, hey, for, for, for them educated that, you know, Americans don't want this kind of increased spending. They don't want the inflation that will happen. They don't want the negative consequences. Um, and there's there's opportunities out there. And, and at IWV, our our sister group, we're, we're providing those ways for people to contact their members if they're interested. Beautiful. Well, that uh, we're up against a hard break, and I wish we could talk on and on and on, but I, uh, I really value every moment that we spend, and I hope you'll continue to keep an eye on, uh, well, I know you will, Nancy Pelosi and her corrupt gang up there, and uh, we'll keep following you, Patrice Onwuka. Thanks for all you thank do, you, and thanks, thank all of my friends at IWF and IWV, and uh, we'll, of course, keep that at the top of our favorites list. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Tell the family hi. Hi.